occult crimes, paranormal investigations, urban legends, and strange happenings. Welcome to Myths, Magic, and Murder. <laughs> hey, welcome back to Myths, Magic, and Murder. This is episode 65. I'm Abby. I'm Kate, and we'll be your ghostesses in this freezing cold March we're enduring. I know, I wish it would get warmer. It got warmer a bit, and then it just immediately got cold again. Yeah, I love that at the beginning of every episode we talk about the weather. I know, I wish it would end. It's the most uncomfortably British part of it all. I enjoy it. But then I'm uncomfortably British. This is true. <laughs> true knowledge. What are you talking about today, Kate? This week, I'll be telling you about Betisco Manor and their screaming skull. See, I have no idea what that means, but I love the sound of it. <laughs> really? I hate the sound of it. What are you talking about? I'm talking about the Tower of London and the ghosts that are within, but mostly it's just a history lesson. <laughs> oh, nice. Mine's got some history interwoven into it. So. Love that. You got the news? I do. So since you're a demonologist, I want to know what you think of this. According to an article from unexplained-mysteries.com, Father Ronnie E. Ablong, an exorcist from the Philippines, believes that horror movies themselves are the source of real demons. He's genuinely very afraid that horror film fanatics are putting themselves at risk through this form of entertainment. He mentioned that his current exorcism project... It was a young girl with more than 40 demons within her. He stated that he'd already exercised 39 of them, and five of those were picked up from horror movies she'd previously enjoyed. Hmm. Um, I don't think so, buddy. These five were Valak from the 2018 movie The Nun, Sylvia Ganush from 2009's Drag Me to Hell, Diana Walter from Lights Out in 2016, Annabelle from the 2019 film. And finally, and my favourite, Esme Cullen from 2008 Twilight. No! No way! <laughs> Isn't she like the nicest one in the whole movie as well? <laughs> yeah. She, and she has no lines. She never does anything wrong and she just kind of stands there. That's so funny. So what do you, what do you think? Cullen. Do you think that that's legit? Yeah. Yeah? No, <laughs> of course I don't. <laughs> that's not a thing. You can't do that. Also, I've made horror movies before, and I can assure you they're not scary. Well, he he sort of used um, when people saw The Exorcist, the seventies film, and they came out and like fainted afterwards. He was like, "Oh, this is like obviously like that's what's happened," but I don't think that's possible, is it? No, I like that you were like, "Hmm, you know about demons, and you have a film degree." Let me put this on you. This yeah, news no. seems perfect for you. And I know all about Twilight. So. <laughs> also, Twilight isn't a horror movie. I love that Esme Cullen's in there. Right? Why are you trying to get out of her? Leave that in. pissing myself when I saw that. I was like, oh my god, Esme Cullen, the demon. She <laughs> just seems nice. I would just leave her in there. The I would rest trust of them, her with my drink. Yeah, the rest of them can go. But I understand why you'd want to get rid of those. But leave Esme. Yeah, right? She's not harming anyone. Justice for Esme Cullen. Yeah, no, I don't think that's a thing. Um, but, but I understand the fear, but I think it's more just the shock feeling you get when you watch horror, especially something like The Exorcist, which at the time was extremely shocking and yeah. was made to be shocking when people were passing out because that's the intention of the film. Nowadays, it doesn't really have that kind of effect on people because they're so desensitized to stuff. But... Yeah, like it was all new back then, so... 
I kind of get why you'd you'd pass out or whatever. Oh, definitely. But that doesn't mean that you've got a demon in you. Although, you mean you didn't pass out after 2008's Twilight? Oh, every time. Yeah, yeah. You pass out during. There's a difference. As soon as I see Esme Cullen asleep, I'm just out like a light. <laughs> but uh, yeah, whenever she can't sleep, come in. <laughs> like here's Esme Cullen from Twilight. <laughs> just knocks me clean out. Unconscious. Okay, well, thank you for that, Kate. That's really informative news. You're very, very welcome. So I want to talk about some of the famous ghosts at the Tower of London. There's mention of some gruesome deaths, um, some of the deaths of children, but everything dates back to, like, the 1700s, and there's no detail. Just as a heads up, though. Sources are history.com, hrp.org.uk, Wikipedia, onthetudortrail.com, royalcentral.co.uk, hauntedisles.blogspot.com, AuthenticVacations.com, The Lineup, and London Walking Tours. I think that's the most sources I've ever had. I know, right? Crazy. Ketchup, mustard, and mayonnaise. Oh, <laughs> the best three. Grow up. <laughs> Have you ever been in the Tower of London? I've not, no. I've been near it, having lived pretty much in London. Yeah, I did an internship right next to it and at no point have I ever been in it I'd love to I just never get around to it you know I feel like there's so much to do in London and I always like museums and stuff so I'm always like yeah let's go to the natural history museum or like the war museum blah blah but like I don't know Tower of London I guess it doesn't really come up much you never have to like book it as well yeah you never like hey friends Let's all go to the Tower of London. It's not really the place you go with like your gal pals for like a Saturday evening. You know what I mean? Saturday evening trip to the Tower of London. You know, you know what I mean. Like it's, you, you don't go and get slip lunch. On your little black dress, and, and then go to the Tower of London. <laughs> do you? You might. Maybe we should all meet up, get brunch, and go to the Tower of London. We'll take the Taco Squad. Yeah. So if you're not familiar with the Tower of London, I'll do a, a small little small little history debrief for a few minutes, which is super exciting for me because I love old-ass history, as you know. So it's basically a castle in the middle of London, central London, on like the north bank of the Thames, which I'd never thought about how random the placement was until I was reali- like, write- like writing this. But I guess that's just kind of how England is in general. It's just super old buildings surrounded by like a bunch of modern ones. Yeah. It's just next to like... All of these modern buildings, but it's just this castle. Yeah, well, fort. <laughs> I think it's just like the luck of what burnt down and what didn't over the years. Because obviously London yeah. used to be like everything was so compact and then we kept having great fires. So someone should really check that out. Yeah, right. Stop building houses so close together, please. Why do we still do that in England? This is a terrible right? idea. Right. Also, I don't know if you also think this. Is it not way smaller than you think it's going to be? Which? London? The Tower of London. Oh, yeah. You imagine, like, the Tower of London. It's a castle, and you're like, oh, it's huge. And then you see it, and you're like, is that it? Yeah, well, it's the same as what I have with the Leaning Tower of Pisa. Tiny. Oh, right. I've never been. Absolutely tiny. Ten foot. It's not. (laughs) But it feels it. You know what I mean? Ten foot. Whereas you imagine, like, a ginormous, like, I don't know. Like a water tower. What's the word tower in it? I'm getting hyped up for a tower. I'm imagining Big. Assassin's Creed level takes me 10 minutes to climb to the top tower. So anyway, in 1066, William the Conqueror and his army invaded England from Normandy, which is now a part of France, I believe. They killed King Harold II in the Battle of Hastings. 
with and an then, arrow to the eye. Yeah, thank you for that fun fact, Kate. You're welcome. Fun facts with Kate. And then William was crowned the King of England. As the new king, he built the Tower Fortress to control the city because it protected the eastern entry to London from the river. Mm-hmm. And also it was his palace, like he lived there as well. It's thought to have taken 25 years to complete and was one of the first stone towers built in Britain. And at one point, it was the tallest in the entire country. For reference, it's 89 feet high. The tallest building in England now is the Shard, which is 1,017 feet high. Yeah, it's teeny weeny. It's mini. Yeah. I love that people were like, wow, this is the tallest building ever. And now I'm like, where is it? Right. And it's crazy because like the Shard isn't even one of the largest buildings like buildings in the world i think it's still the burj khalifa which is just absolutely ginormous yeah the shard is probably the tallest building i've ever seen so i think i might just pass out when i see a taller building honestly it's like radio city here (laughs) i don't think so big i wonder how big it is one second i'm gonna research that it's 452 feet which is the radio tower where we live now for reference also um wait how tall did you say the shard was 1,017 feet. Oh. Well, in metres, the Burj Khalifa that I was talking about is 828 metres. Can you get me that in feet? Yeah. Okay, so to the top of it is 830 metres, which is 2,723 feet. Wow. Ginormous. Yeah, I think I'd just fall, fall down. Well, it's hard when you look so high up. I just... I'm going to pass out. You know what I mean? It's like some She's headbanging currently. It's coming out from seeing The Exorcist, man. I'm anyway, enough talking about the heights of different buildings, although I'm sure you're <laughs> extremely interested in them. <laughs> During the medieval times, the tower was strengthened by numerous monarchs who built large walls around it, which is why it's got those big fortresses. And Edward I actually built a moat around it. But nowadays it's just dried up. It's just grass. But that sucks. Pretty neat, though. I love places that have got moats. I don't know if I've been somewhere that has a moat. I had a moat. Ah, oh, I've been there. <laughs> they have a moat. They do. That's the whole selling point. <laughs> so it was a pretty safe building, very protected and all over a really good fortress. However, when Henry VIII began his reign, a bunch of rules and ideals in England just changed because he was just doing everything. He was just changing the laws left, right and centre, or at least trying to, and Places like palaces that people lived in, royals lived in, changed from being a defensive building to just a a fancy home where you'd show off your wealth. So he massively improved the building during its reign, and he also began imprisoning and executing important people in there, or on the hill just outside. Neat. Neat. Sorry that my voice broke, like I'm a 13-year-old boy. He... Many of the people that he executed were his friends and family because he was a bit of an intense guy, but that might be a bit of an understatement for Henry VIII. And (laughs) Guy Fawkes, who attempted to blow up the Houses of Parliament, which is why we celebrate Bonfire Night. Again, I know England's a weird place. Yeah, we just chuck people, like, not people. Oh my god! (laughs) (laughs) No, um, there are some places that have got, like, a fake man, like, made out of straw on top of a bonfire, and then we light the bonfire light. Yeah. Like... We're killing Guy Fawkes again. Love that. Patriotism. Well, he was imprisoned and tortured in the Tower as well. In the 1600s, Oliver Cromwell melted down the original crown jewels to sort of signify the destruction of the monarchy. 
but once Charles II restored it and became king, he had new crown jewels remade, and they're currently the Tower of London, and they've been there ever since, so a really long time. You can go visit them, I believe, have a little look. Or you can break in and steal them. Don't. Yeah, you'd probably be shot. I imagine there are a lot of security there. It makes me think of Johnny English. <laughs> Such weird references, Kate. Yeah, please just move on. So who was actually killed at the Tower of London and who haunts it? Well, 400 people have actually been executed there. So we'll just talk about a few of the spooky things that are going on. Was it where Anne Boleyn was beheaded? Yeah, I'll get into Anne Boleyn in a minute because I've got a bone to pick with her. I love that bitch. It's thought to be one of the most haunted places in England and consists of many towers, like actual physical towers. The Wakefield Tower is thought to be haunted by the ghost of Henry VI, who is one of the most tragic monarchs. Henry intended to inherit the throne of both England and France, but he was in prison during the War of the Roses, and then he was stabbed while he was kneeling and praying in the tower. Oh, that sucks. There's a reason no one knows about him. I knew about him. You did? Really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't. I knew that Henry the Seventh was Henry the Eighth's dad, and I know about Henry the Eighth. That's it. It doesn't go any earlier in Henry's than that. We just have so many monarchs. Sometimes it's hard to keep up. Not currently, but like, I mean, maybe. Yeah, it's crazy that like in America, you just can name the president because honestly, I'm just gonna say like Charles, Richard, Edward, Henry, one to miscellaneous amount. Well, there are leaders, like monarchs, go back to, like, ten. You know what <laughs> I mean? ten. Yeah, like, and America's, like, two years 1, old. One thousand, the year th- one thousand. But anyway, Henry VI was stabbed at 11pm, and his ghost is thought to appear at the stroke of midnight on his death anniversary, and he just sort of sadly paces around the room Aww. before fading into the ground for another year. Oh, that's so sad, dude. You know who's also thought to haunt the Tower of London? Anne Boleyn. Anne Boleyn. Now, the thing with this one is, I thought we visited the location where Anne's ghost was supposed to be. We have. Back in August. And it was not the Tower of London. No. It was her family home in Norfolk. Yeah. We did it for a Patreon special last year. And it's thought that the ghost of her and her family roam that the house. But she also haunts the Tower of London. She only goes there once a year. Oh my god, she travels? Yeah, she goes to her house. She's seen on her the anniversary of her death, I think, every year at her home, at her family home. So yeah. she can be at the Tower of London the rest of the year. There's 365 She's days. in multiple places. Yeah, she travels. She was the second wife of Henry VIII and he executed her on the hill outside the Tower. They were married for three years, but he ultimately, she ultimately could not provide him the son that he wanted. Henry's whole thing was that he wanted a, like a strong son to like secure the Tudor dynasty. And his first wife, first wife, Catherine of Aragon, only had one child, Mary. So he was just desperately killing off his wives to try and get a son. That bloody Mary. Yeah. I don't know if it's just a Britain thing, because I'm not sure how much other countries learn about our past, because we don't learn about anyone else's. So... Whenever you hear Henry VIII, do you also go, divorce beheaded, died, divorce beheaded, survived? Uh, sometimes I think of the hor- Horrible History song, yeah. The Horrible History song? Care to sing it? No. 
I always did. And then, no, I'm not going to. But I learned about a lot of history from Horrible Histories. What a good show. If oh. you're from America listening, which is most of our audience, or anywhere else, Canada, literally anywhere, please watch. <laughs> Name's one place. No, I just mean because that's the majority of our audience, which is why I go into such detail and explanations, because I want you to get the whole picture. Please just watch an episode of Horrible Histories and let me know what you think. It should be the Charles the Second one. It it should be because he comes up in my story and in your story this week, so it's a bit of homework. Ew. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Listen to Charles the Second Horrible Histories. Rap. Yeah. Type it into to YouTube and just learn. <laughs> <laughs> Educate yourselves. <laughs> a lot of information about Anne Boleyn was removed from history from Henry, including her portraits. So the portraits that exist of her were painted during the reign of Elizabeth I, who was her daughter. She was obviously another very important queen. Anne's ghost is thought to be incredibly persistent and is often seen on the grass where she was executed in the area that she was buried and wandering the corridors as a headless body. So I did some research on why she's seen here at Anne Hall. As you said, you've already explained it. But she's sometimes called the well- most well-travelled ghost in Britain. Which is honestly a goal. She's got things to do, and her death is not going to stop her. She's also seen around a church, Marwell Hall, Hever Castle, Blickling Hall, Tower London. She just travels. She's on a a road trip. At my school, uh, we had houses, because it was all very Hogwarts-esque, and... Um, one of the houses, so there was like Chartwell, Heaver, Item, Bleeds, Knoll, and Penshurst. And they're all different sort of homes, like stately homes. Our houses had nothing to do with anything. They were all saints, but like nothing happened. It'd be like, get house points by doing this pointless task. And oh, then yeah. we'd get 10 and then they'd be like, good job. <laughs> and then we'd be like, oh, house one. And they'd be like, cool. That's what we had in primary school. In secondary school, it wasn't really so much that. I mean, it was for like sports and stuff. It would be like Chartwell versus Heaver. Who will win? But like, um, we also all got to go visit our houses. So mine was item moat, which has already been mentioned in this wow. one. Yeah. That's why you're obsessed with that place. <laughs> obsessed you talk about it all the time anyway also you brought me there for no reason it i wanted to go on a day out (laughs) also heaver was another one heaver castle that you've just mentioned so it seems weird to me that they'd pick a place that's like notoriously haunted for like year sevens to go so 11 year old well if you meet Anne Boleyn, you can ask her some questions (laughs) you can be like please teach me my history i would love to meet Anne Boleyn. me too bet she'd be sick i yeah, our houses in primary school were like, they said you get a treat. Oh, see, ours were great. We had daffodil, shamrock, rose, and thistle. I was in thistle, represent. And at the end of every term, we got a celebration ceremony. And it would, whoever, whichever house was in the lead would get like, a great time everyone would clap for you i think nice <laughs> and then everyone got cupcakes wow but the winning house got them first see i think we just got a shout out in assembly your school sucked sorry mm. anyway they didn't have a big budget you, you'll continue on leave me alone but then in secondary we had them Never mind. but only when they chose that we had them <laughs> we were put into them when we got into school and then they just brought them up maybe once a year 
And they were like, you know what house you're in? And I went through the whole of, of secondary school being like, I don't know which house I'm in. And everyone being like, it doesn't matter. And then it'd be sports day and they'd be like, which house are you in? And I'm like, I don't know. Sports and then I just, day was the worst. It was I just, used to just leave. I, I never to, went to sports day. I used to hide. There were like bushes lining our field. And I used to just try and smash myself into them so that <laughs> I was terrible. not picked on. I used to do that. Sorry, this is a rant. Skip 10 seconds ahead if you don't want to listen to us talking about sports day. <laughs> but it's already at the end. I like... used to, when we play rounders in our school, I used to just leave. But like not actually because I was too nervous to do that. I used to just sort of be like, yeah, I'll just field. You know, the people who catch the ball. Mm-hmm. I think rounders is just baseball. Oh my God, yeah. I think yeah. so. Yeah. And for some reason, we called it rounders. Except we don't get helmets. Yeah, just good luck. Um, so I used to just always be a fielder because I was so bad at batting that I'd just be a fielder constantly. And then, and then just point blank refuse to bat. I'd just hide at the back behind everyone and be like, I'm fielding. And I'd just stand there for I like an hour. I loved batting, but I would never run around the bases because I'm lazy. Anyway. One particular story of Anne Boleyn's ghost is told by a soldier in 1864 who was on duty at the Tower of London. He claimed to have confronted a pale figure, and when she didn't reply, he attacked her with his bayonet. However, the weapon went straight through her, and her face resembled Anne's portraits. An officer who was stationed in one of the the towers saw the whole event from the window. So. In the same part of the castle, Arabella Stewart is also thought to be roaming around, as a ghost, obviously, because it's thought that she was also murdered there. Next is Lady Jane Grey, or more popularly known, popular, oh my, popularly, 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 thank you, Kate, known as the Nine Days Queen. You did a little holler then, What are you excited about her? I did, yeah, I think I mentioned her in something before. Well, she's also thought to haunt this part of the tower. Oh, what a babe. She was the first cousin once removed of Edward VI. Wait. Yeah, Edward VI. Which sounds confusing, but basically Henry VIII, it's all, there are so many names, he eventually did have a son with one of his wives, and he ended up becoming king, but he was just a teenager. He died when he was like 15. He was a very sickly boy. He was. And he personally named Lady Jane Grey as his successor, and she was just 16 as well. Yeah, I've definitely spoken about this on the podcast. However, Mary Tudor, Henry's first child, was pissed because she wanted to become queen. And everyone knew she was going to do everything she could to become queen. So Jane's father insisted that she just hand the crown over and just bow down. Everyone's like, Abby, shut up. We've heard this before in the Bloody Mary episode. Well, you might not have listened to the Bloody Mary episode. (laughs) It had been nine days when Jane gave up being queen and Mary had imprisoned her in the Tower of London and Jane was accused of high treason and was sentenced to death. She witnessed her husband being killed before she was executed, and now she's seen wandering the tower. In 1957, a guard saw a lady standing above him on the battlements of the tower, which is like the pointy bit at the top. Thanks. The bit that goes like this. She's doing like a... Imagine you are in primary school... Squared zigzag. ...trying to draw teeth. (laughs) Yeah. The top bit. So then he called out to another guard who also witnessed the woman. She usually shows up around the anniversary of her death and sadly strolls around the area before leaving. 
Her husband's ghost is also thought to haunt the castle, in the cell he was imprisoned in, sobbing. In this location, there's also the word Jane etched into the wall, which he's thought to be responsible for. Oh, that's so sad. The next one's pretty gross. Yay! But Margaret Pohl, the 72-year-old Countess of Salisbury, was executed here in 1541 at the command of Henry VIII. Literally just as a revenge act. Um, I think he wanted to become the head of the church and this guy was like, no. So he was like, I'm going to kill you, mum. Was everyone put here through some fault of Henry VIII? Probably, man. <laughs> Probably. He was just like, oh, you don't want to do this? Die. It's effective, but not ethical. So she was killed at the scaffold. However, when she was supposed to be beheaded, the executioner was inexperienced and he couldn't make a quick and clean beheading. So instead he just sort of hacked at her head and neck and shoulders until she eventually died. Yeah, I remember we learned about that in school. Which seems just awful, but it was because we were learning about Anne Boleyn again. Because when am I not learning more fact about Anne Boleyn? Because Henry had a French swordsman come in to do Anne Boleyn's beheading because she was originally from France. Um, and so we were talking about that in school and then my teacher was just like, oh yeah, and there was this one guy that should not have been doing this job. Yeah, there's a rumour that she resisted her execution and they had to chase her around and just axed her, but it, that's not true. Many Yikes. sources say that that's not true, but it was a botched execution. So I thought I'd raise the mood with that one. Thanks. Her screams can still be heard on the tower green, and some people say that they've seen the ghostly reenactment of her beheading. Oh, that's awful. Which I imagine you'd need therapy for. Yeah, I mean, it's bad enough watching a beheading, but watching a beheading that isn't isn't going well, I guess. Yeah, uh, unfortunate. Well, I guess they're all unfortunate, aren't they? A sloppy beheading. That's the word. There's also a white lady and a grey lady. Like with many ghostly cases, there's always one of those. Nobody's sure who the white and grey lady are, but the white lady haunts the white tower in the building and you can smell cheap perfume overwhelmingly. So bad that it makes everyone feel sick. Oh, that's just me. I wrote me entering a room. <laughs> <laughs> a few people have also reported being trapped, uh, tapped on the shoulder, only to turn around and see a mist of white. Also, guards who have entered the room containing Henry VIII's armour have felt a horrible crushing feeling when they enter, and then it suddenly leaves when they exit. Which they, I guess, just link together with this woman. Imagine it's just in the same area. Maybe they could smell it as well. Possibly. One guard was patrolling in the early hours of the morning when he began to be strangled by a black cloak. As he freed himself and looked around, there was nobody to be seen. Also, the grey lady only reveals herself to female visitors. And again, nobody knows who she is. What a gem. She's there for the gals. Gals night. So when you go on a Saturday night with your gal pals wearing little black dresses, you might see the great lady. Holla. Buy her a drink. Quit drinking right next to the microphone. That's nasty. <laughs> I need to water my mouth. Also, one thing I thought was really funny is there was a guard who sat for a rest one night just while he was working in the tower. And he slipped off his shoe, and a voice behind him said, There's only you and I in here. And your shoe. Should I do a spooky voice? 
There's only you and I in here. Oh, great. Now it's like a horrible, botched, sexy ASMR. Ew. <laughs> and he replied, just let me get this bloody shoe on and there'll be only you. And then he left, which is brilliant. <laughs> you tell her. Fair enough. Guy Fawkes is also thought to haunt this tower in particular. Wonder if he comes back to see the fireworks. Probably not. Trauma? Well, yeah. Lots and lots and lots of trauma. The Bloody Tower is where several people were imprisoned, including Sir Thomas Rayleigh, who was imprisoned here twice and eventually executed. His ghost haunts the tower. However, the Little Princes give the Bloody Tower its bad reputation. Edward V and Richard, Duke of York, of York were imprisoned by their uncle as they were considered illegitimate. They were nine and twelve. Many thought they'd just gone missing, and that's sort of the most accepted, you know, where they went. But it's thought that they were murdered by their uncle in this tower. Two workmen dug up small skeletons from under a staircase in 1674, and they were thought to be these princes, but it wasn't confirmed. So nobody really knows what happened to them. It's just kind of thought to be, I guess. Yeah, everyone's just kind of like, well, I really hope not, so I'm not going to dig further. The bones were given a royal burial anyway by Charles II. Well, that's nice, at least. Two small boys wearing nightshirts and holding hands are often seen in the tower, and they've been seen from the 1600s onwards. Some people report seeing the ghosts crying and holding each other, but reports from the 90s is in the 1990s are the ghosts of the boys giggling and playing outside the tower. So, oh, I guess they're doing all right now. Children's ghosts' laughter? Creepy. Oh, terrifying. But I'm glad they're doing all right. Oh, yeah, I'm glad they're having a nice time. I just hope I'm never there when they do that. <laughs> just hope I never experience children having a nice time. With the most strange... <laughs> yeah, definitely. Get them away. <laughs> the most strange of all is the ghost of a bear. Nice. In 1210, King John established a zoo of animals at the tower that were made to fight for the amusement of his friends. This is obviously terrible, but was like really popular with everybody at the time. Shit sense of humour, that, John. And eventually, over many, many years, it became a large zoo inside of the tower for people to come and visit. Mostly for animals that they wouldn't see in England, like monkeys and stuff. Mm -hmm. One was a polar bear, in particular. Also... There was a bear with a sweet name that I thought you'd like. Old Martin was a full-sized adult grizzly bear that was given to George III in 1811 for the zoo. Oh, old Martin. The bear was housed at the Tower of London, and it was the first grizzly bear in England. The king was grateful but confused and said he would have preferred a new tire or a pair of socks. That's so funny. The Tower Zoo was closed in 1831 by the Duke of Wellington, and the animals were moved to their newly established London Zoo. Oh. Old Martin died there in 1838. Old Martin. We miss you. While Old Martin was staying at the castle, in 1816, a guard saw a ghostly bear near his tower. Spooky. Terrified, he hit it with his bayonet, because that's what everyone does. <laughs> Only for it to go through the bear and hit the wall. The man then died of shock. Oh. The ghost was thought to be Henry III's polar bear from 1251. Some people also report hearing monkeys and lions when they visit the tower. And that's all I got. Spooky. Yeah, you want to do the scare scale? Sure, yeah. How scary do you think this is? 
I the think, Tower of London in general. Yeah, I think the Tower of London's pretty scary. I'm going to give it like a generous four and a half because there's a lot of ghosts that could just come out at any time. Oh, definitely. Oh, also you can visit, I don't know if you still can, but the bear's skull is still, you can still see it. It was in the Natural History Museum and then they moved it to the Tower of London for like a short amount of time. So I presume it's either in one of those locations. Wow. If you want to go see old Martin's little head. Oh, I'm going to have to do that. <laughs> Take a selfie with old <laughs> Martin. You're attached to this bear. I am, I love him. Um, Danger next? Yeah. How dangerous is the Tower of London? I don't think it's that dangerous anymore. Well, I think it is if you are very pale and happen to walk in front of one of the guards because they will uh, yeah. bayonet you. I can't go. <laughs> yeah, it's just me. Um, so I'm just going to say like a one. I suppose you could die of fright like that one guy did, but everyone seems, you know, to just be dealing with their own stuff. They're just having a sob or they're having a giggle. They're fine. Yeah, it's just, it's pretty chill. Yeah. How likely is it that the Tower of London is haunted? Oh, five. So many people died there or around there. It, there's got to be at least one ghost. Any ideas? What do you think of this? Bunch of ghosts. Maybe nice. guards working too late. Like if you get the night shift and you're in a spooky place with lots of history. Tired. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That kind of thing. Um, and just expecting to see something. I suppose, like, after you've heard of one ghost appearance, then maybe you'd go there and, like, expect to see something. Yeah, well, they do ghost tours, so I imagine some of it might just be, like, I'm really thinking I'm going to see Anne Boleyn tonight, and then you see a woman and you're like, that's her. Yeah, and especially if they're doing ghost tours and it's one of the companies that, like, has some, some sound effects, you know what I mean? Like, you might hear, like, a door bang, but really it's just the ghost tour, you know? I get you. Should we get like a scare scale jingle? Scare scale. Here are the scare scales. Jesus. <laughs> or something like that. Here are the scare scales. Comment if you want us to commission a scare scale We're jingle. We're not commissioning it. We're singing Oh, right. It. We're doing it. We're yeah. going to record it. Give me some headphones. Scare scale. <laughs> Done. Nice. We'll put that on all of them now. <laughs> we'll copy that audio and put it on everything. All right. Well, if you like the podcast and you want to support us on social media, then head over to at Myths Magic Pod on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Twitter, I say hesitantly. Leave Twitter alone. I check Twitter. And if you want to support us financially so we can afford mics and hosting and stuff like that. And commissions for ScareScale. Yeah, then head over to patreon.com forward slash Myths Magic Murder and get some exclusive content. Yeah, we give you discounts on merch which we also have now and we give you extra episodes and their videos as well so you can see our beautiful faces uh, about like different psych specials or abby's demonology specials or things like that personal stuff anything really just a bunch of cool video content on there now cool stuff that you will love and our merch is viewable on our website mythsmagicandmurder.com and on there, we've also got a request thing. So if you want to hear us talk about anything, just let us know on there. And we've also got a share your own story button. So you can do that on there as well. And if you do have any haunted happenings, terrifying tales or spooky stories, then you can email those to us if you don't feel like going on the website. And our email is mythsmagicandmurder at gmail.com. Take it away, Kate. 
Okay, so my sources for this week are Wikipedia, MysteriousBritain.co.uk, StrangeAndCreepy.com, SpookyIsles.com, Anomalian.com, and CastleOfSpirits.com. I feel Anomalian.com. I like the name because it's obviously Anomaly, but like Anomalian. I was going to say I don't know how to pronounce it, so I'm glad you did. Yeah. So my topic this week is Betascombe Manor. This house resides in Dorset, which is in the southwest of England. Betiscombe itself is only a small village with a population of 50 people. Whoa. That's Teeny like tiny. So many small people. Wait. That's like, the people aren't small. The number of people is small. <laughs> Can you imagine a place full of small gnomes? I hate you so much. That came out wrong. It doesn't matter. There's very it. few people less than like a block of flats. You yes. could have everyone in the cinema at once. You could, yeah. In one room. Although it's a small place, this does not mean... Priorities. <laughs> Please let me speak. <laughs> Although it's a small place, this doesn't mean they don't have their fair share of... <laughs> Sorry, I'm imagining the cinema now. Gnomes in the cinema. <laughs> fair share of creepiness going on. Their local legend is about Betascombe Manor and is often referred to as the House of the Screaming Skull. Pretty rad. Sounds pretty neat, yeah. The legend of the Screaming Skull is there because there's an actual skull. It's not like a metaphorical name. The skull is present. It's a human skull. And it's said to be one of the most haunted objects in the world. So where is it? Betascombe Manor. Is it just like on the side, though? on a step apparently they just keep a haunted the most haunted thing on a step we'll see now apparently it's like in a box in a drawer but before it's been said to be like on a step doorstop <laughs> on a step like on the way up to the attic i don't know okay i'm not judging these people for where they keep their haunted skull i was just curious i don't know where i keep a haunted skull if i had one where would you keep your haunted skull in my head Behind my skin. The story behind this skull changes depending on the version, but in general it goes as follows. The Pinney family used to reside in Betascombe Manor, but Azariah Pinney was arrested back in 1685 because he was a part of the Pitchfork Rebellion. Basically put, this was an attempt to overthrow King James II because James Scott was the eldest son of the previous king, Charles II, but he was illegitimate. So he didn't get the throne. James II did. You with me? I'm with you. James Scott wanted it, though, because he felt like he deserved it. So he was willing to kill his uncle. Everyone in these, like, when I'm reading about the monarchy, or when I just think about it, because obviously we've learned it in school, they're all just killing each other constantly. Yeah. It's how I you don't get need stuff to done. watch Game of Thrones, because I've already witnessed it right? from reading all of this. It's already happened in our history. In the end, though, James Scott died, and the rebellion suffered 1,300 deaths and, like, wounded people, and 2,700 of them were captured. One of these being Azariah Pinney. Sorry, I'm really struggling with that name today. To begin with, he was sentenced to be hanged, drawn, and quartered. I don't think we've actually covered what that means before in the podcast, and to me it seems like a very British punishment. So. Maybe, yeah. I'll go into it. To be hanged, drawn, and quartered was the norm if you committed high treason any time from 1351. 
i.e. if you attacked the king, this would happen. The traitor would be tied to a plank of wood and dragged, or drawn, through town by the horse, until they'd reached the place they'd be executed. From here they'd be hanged, but not until they died. Instead, when they were near death, they would be emasculated, so genitals were removed, disemboweled, so I've written here insides equal outsides, beheaded, and finally cut into four pieces, or quartered. So pretty crap. It's really gross. Yeah. It's very excessive. It is. It's like, we're going to make a spectacle of this. Yeah. However, this didn't happen. Luckily, the officials responsible for his demise were keen to earn a bit of extra cash, so they accepted bribes from his family. So instead of this horrible death, he was just sent to the Carib- Caribbean Caribbean, to live out the rest of his life as a slave. This didn't last for long, though, because he ended up owning his own plantation and having his own slaves. Backfired. Either he later had kids, and one of these kids later returned to England with his slave, or Azariah himself eventually returned to the estate he'd once been forced out of. It's kind of hard to tell, but either way, one of the Pinney family returned with a slave. It's hard to tell because all of the sources said entirely different things. Regardless, that slave was brought to England and ended up getting really ill and ultimately died because, and I quote, the climate was just different. Hmm. Yeah. Seems legit. Hmm. I'm thinking it probably had something to do with being maltreated because they were a slave. Possibly. Alternatively, others say that the slave came down with tuberculosis. So this poor slave was on their deathbed, and their dying wish was to be returned to their hometown so they could be properly mourned and buried amongst their people. Penny agreed, and the slave passed away. Which I feel like wasn't too unreasonable a request, right? Oh, definitely not. Wrong, apparently. Oh. Penny couldn't be asked to pay for the body to be moved, so he just buried them locally in a cemetery. Yeah. This didn't work out in his favour, though, because weird stuff start started to happen soon after. In the manor, doors started slamming, loud thumps were heard coming from the walls, and all throughout the town, loud screams were heard in the dead of night. Get wrecked. The locals were understandably very shaken and annoyed, so they went to go speak with Pinny. Once Pinny realised it was probably from his slave, he had the body exhumed and moved it into the manor, where these occurrences stopped. Over the years, it's been known as the Screaming Skull because the rest of the skeleton is just gone. Oh, yeah. That's bizarre. Somehow it's got lost. I don't really know how or why. Anyway. Alternatively, the legend goes that the skull is from a slave who got into a fight with Pinny. He lost and his dying wish was to be returned. So that kind of crux of it is still there. The general idea. However, Pinny was so angry with him, he didn't respect his wish, which is what caused the ghost to never rest, and the Screaming Skull was there. Legend has it now that whoever moves the skull will reawaken the screaming and will die a horrible death within the year. Locals believe this story to be true, to the extent that the skull is still left in Betiscombe Manor, as I said, but they won't even look at it because they're so afraid of being haunted or killed. Fair enough. Apparently they also fear for the ghost coach that drives from the manor to the local churchyard one night of the year, and they call it the funeral procession the funeral procession of the skull. Haunting. 
Imagine you move to a village of 50 people and there's a ghost coach. This sounds like a weird sitcom. It does, doesn't it? One that's like cut off after the pilot. Oh yeah. It's like, everyone's like, wow, this is the most unrealistic thing. <laughs> this would never happen. And everyone here is like, oh, it's reality TV. <laughs> a few owners of the manor have tried to get rid of the grisly heirloom, but to no success. One was said to have thrown the skull in a pond, but was met by never-ending screams throughout the night. He retrieved the skull quickly after and put it back where he found it. Another buried the skull in a deep hole to be rid of it, but the next morning he found that it had resurfaced itself and was sat on top of the ground as if waiting to be returned to the house. What if they just take it to the Caribbean? Well, I don't know. It stopped screaming now, hasn't it? Right. It's just given up, I guess. <laughs> I suppose. They're like, I could save myself some cash on airfare. Uh, well, like, no one would know where to bury it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Now, it's. I feel like the time has passed. Maybe. A spanner was put in the works of the legend when an archaeologist, interestingly, Michael Pinney from the Pinney family, <laughs> took, a, took a look at the skull. He said the skull could be dated back to the Iron Age and was probably a female who lived in a settlement nearby. Oh. Yeah. It's not as fun as Good the ghost story. They didn't take it to the Caribbean, then. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's not as fun as the ghost story, though, and many disregarded this entirely and just continued to believe in the screaming skull. Oh. The Screaming Skull of Betterscombe Manor has been referred to as the most famous screaming skull case, but that does not make it the only case. How are there more screaming skulls? That feels like a very specific thing that there shouldn't be more of. There are more stories similar to this throughout England, and it appears to be localised here, because screaming skulls are not reported elsewhere in the world. It's just us again. Yeah, right. The ones we've got are located all across England. So Derbyshire, Manchester, Yorkshire, Chilton, East Sussex, and Cumbria. So if you're visiting England when Corona's over, then make sure that you're not sharing a house with a screaming skull. Okay. Pretty weird. Definitely weird. So what do you think of that? How scary do you think that is? Like a three. A three. She says, look, if a, if a skull's going to scream oh. at me... Scare scales. <laughs> yeah. Dup, dup, cha, dup, dup, dup. It's scare scale. scale. <laughs> how, how dangerous. If a skull's going to scream at me, scream at me. Go on then. Do it. How dangerous? Yeah. Like a one. She says, I don't care that I could die within the year. Oh yeah, wait. How about that? <laughs> Three. <laughs> What's the likelihood that this skull has a yell? And is haunted. Maybe like two. She says, I hate this one with every fibre of my body. No, but if an archaeologist was like, this is a woman. Yeah. I, I guess mean, it, it could still scream. Could have been a female slave. Oh yeah, true. I mean, I guess regardless of who it was, it could still scream. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I'm just going to stick with two and a half. Two, two and a half. half. Oh. Put it in the middle. There you go. All right. Thank you so much. Yeah, for you. Do you have any other ideas? Uh, the skull doesn't scream. Okay, boring idea. Next. The skull screams. Screams. <laughs> Fabulous. Great. Any others? Those, those are the two options. Fair enough. Does it scream or nah? Let us know. 
do let us know and let us know if you're enjoying the podcast either through a nice little note for us because we love them or by rating us on itunes that would really help us out it could be that it was a slave skull but he didn't want to put shame on his family who the guy who was part of the family the archaeologist he didn't want to admit it oh it's so he's like brushed it under the rug because it's like shameful so you're like my family didn't own slaves or they didn't, he wouldn't have done this. He wouldn't have just buried them right here. Oh, I love that one. Mm. That brings a bit of drama into it. Yeah, because it's possible. Yeah. I was thinking uh, it's possible that in a village of 50, things get a bit blown out of proportion. Kind of like Salem witch levels. You oh, know what definitely. I mean? so, Actually, yeah. Yeah. So just small town hysteria. Yeah, possibly. I like that you tried to just make it either the skull does not scream or the skull screams i wanted to um but i couldn't i just couldn't leave it unfinished is that it are you done no yeah i'm done now okay fabulous well that was it (laughs) don't listen before bed listen before bed well that's it now we're done (laughs) bye i'm over it see you later i'm never doing this again i'm bored of you now